0: Hey everyone, I'm Jordy, the Bible School and Tech Director here, and welcome or welcome back to Impact Life Church's online experience. After the message, please take a moment to like or subscribe, but most importantly, we hope that this message inspires you to impact this generation for Jesus. Awesome. Well, good morning, everybody. Man, wasn't that fun? Yeah. Man, Man, that's so good. Eric, I'll take it right up here, man. Thank you very much. Awesome. Well, good morning. We're so glad that you're here. If you're, this is your first time here, we want to let you know you belong here. And if you're kind of wondering who we are, why is this worship? Why do we lift our hands? Why do we do all that? We just love Jesus. That's really the bottom line of who we are. So we're so thrilled and honored that you came to be part of the service with us this morning. We're glad you're here on a nice fall day. <laughs> and I'm content. I'm fine. My mom taught me to be content with no matter what comes my way. But, uh, you know, I just want to also say those that are joining us on live stream, and I know we got uh, the nursery downstairs that has a TV on. We just want to say thank you to all those that are, uh, you know, helping out all the kids downstairs, nursery. Thank you so much for watching out, not just looking after, but teaching the kids the Bible. Did you know in the Bible they're getting the Word? Or in the nursery they're getting the, the Word as well? Really, what are they getting? Well, they're learning right now Genesis chapter 1. God created everything. And that's a good place to start. And so that's it's awesome. So no matter where you are, no matter how old you are, you are getting the word somewhere in this building. And so that's what we're here all about. One of our priorities here is to be a strong word centered church in this region. And so our focus is the word because we love the word. Because the word's not just a book, it is it's what, sorry? Uh, life, it's yeah, it's Jesus, right? Jesus is the word. And so if you've got your Bibles, I think, I think this morning, I'm not going to say for sure, but I think this may be the last Christian killer we talk about. Um, and then we're going to launch into something new, but it, it may change. I'm just open to the Lord, however he wants to do it. Because uh, this has been a really um, awesome series for me. And I hope it blessed you as well. But it's been a learning curve for me. It's been something that I have just been, Lord, I want to grow. I want to be taught. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, um, Gord Smith, I don't know, he's somewhere around here. But he was just, he came back, he was at a meeting a little while ago and uh, just in Colorado and they were talking about pruning and the importance of pruning for further fruit. Now he also, one of the things that Gord got out of and he was sharing with us as a team was that the deeper the cut, the more fruit can be produced. And so I am interested in the Lord and pruning things out of me so that I can have more fruit being produced. Now with the Lord, it hurts so good, Right? We want everything that he has for us. And so for me, this has been a total paradigm shift on things that I've, you know, maybe have heard all my life or things that I've maybe even taken account to that I've actually been focusing on. The biggest one for me is learning to live for the right audience. And uh, that's what we did that a couple of weeks ago. And who are you living for? Who is the audience that you're pre- uh, presenting your life for? And uh, that was been something that the Lord's been working on me personally is making sure I'm doing things only for him. And especially in the culture that we live in, and it's you've got to post it on Instagram or Facebook to prove that you are somebody, right? And if I don't get the amount of likes, then I'm a failure and I'm not enough. Well, how I many you know in Jesus, you are enough. And uh, that's the whole point is we want to live for Him. So if you've got your Bibles, I want you to go to John chapter 16, verse 33, and we're going to launch off here. Just talking about this morning, I want to talk about trials, persecutions, hard times. Anybody ever had one of those before? Awesome. All right. There's a few hands that went up. The rest of you have just never experienced that. Rock on, man. That's... Just hang around a little longer. You'll, you'll get around to it. But uh, the, one of the things, the Christian killer, what you can see and get out of this is a potentially could kill you or get you off course, is viewing trials and persecutions the wrong way. Viewing difficult times the wrong way. And uh, so I want to take some time just to lay this foundation out and we'll, we'll go from there. But in John chapter 16, verse 33, these are the words of Jesus. And uh, we're kind of cutting in mid-sentence here. And he, before all this, he's talking about the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit's going to do in your and my life. And kind of near the end, just before he goes to the cross and you know he's going to go through his passion and everything that he came to do on this earth, he just lays out this statement very clearly. He says, I told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth. Everybody say it with me. On earth. On earth. Where are you right now? On earth. on earth. He said, here on this earth... You may have no, what does he say? You will have many trials and sorrows, period. OK? Now right there is, it's not a bad confession. It's not like, "Oh I'm, I'm, you know, God, it's, that's never going to happen to me." No, if you're on this earth, you are going to have many trials and many sorrows, period. But they're going say "but." Here's the good news, but take heart, because I, Jesus, have overcome the world. So that's the good news is that Jesus has already destroyed everything that this world would try to do to take you out and take you down. He's already defeated it. Now, just because he's already defeated it doesn't mean you ever never experience it. Because he defeated it, now you can defeat it as well. Right? So just to all of a sudden, you know, I hear this a lot of times, you know, I accept Jesus into my heart. I'm now a Christian. I'm going to, my days aren't, are going to be easy on this earth. Forget it, man. Now that you are a Christian, now guess what? It's going to get tougher. It's harder. Why? Because now that you are a Christian, you got a big bullseye on your back. The enemy is after you to take away your witness, to take away the word that you've heard. He is after you because he doesn't want you to be a strong witness for Jesus. So he's after you, okay? Everybody comfortable with that? <laughs> This is it. You have an enemy. This is something I'm teaching my boys right now in the morning time. You know, we've been going through John and we've been talking about John 10, 10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. He is going all out to do those three things, to steal, kill, and to destroy. Every moment of every day, he is ruthless with it. I'm sure you can see it out in the world. But for you in my life, he can't just come in and do as he wants. He needs access. So this is what Jesus is saying. You're going to have many trials, many sorrows, but take heart. I have overcome the world for you. Now, notice where again is the trials. It's here on this earth it's gonna be here this is the battle zone now just to bring clarity just so that we're very clear because I know a lot of people come from different areas different backgrounds and all this but we got to go to what the Word says yeah. Jesus God the Father the Holy Spirit are not the author of trials and tri- tribulations and persecutions and hard times yeah. he's not Everybody say he's not. he's not he's not the author of it he doesn't need to teach you through trials he teaches you and I through his word. Yeah. A good father I don't I don't throw my kids in the wolves and say, "Okay, well, hope you learn something. I'm going to see how much you can handle. I'm going to throw this at you." That is not who our God is. You wouldn't do that as a parent. Don't throw that off on God. And to prove that, you go to James chapter 1 verse 13. I'm just going to lay a quick foundation on it. I got it on the screen. And this is James talking to, you know, the believers that are scattered all about in the area. And he says, when you're being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me, because God is never tempted to do wrong. This is the Bible saying it. And he never tempts anyone else. Verse 14. Temptation comes, I know this is more talking temptation, but I can show you the overall picture with it. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away from God. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. This is vital. Don't be misled in what? Right here. Whatever is good, whatever is perfect, and, or sorry, whatever is good and perfect is a gift from God to us, from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. God is incapable of doing anything evil or wrong in your and my life. Where would He get it? How would He do it? He's only good. Is sickness good? Is problems good? No, 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 no. He is only good, so he gives good things. So this is the thing that we want to talk a little bit about, is how do we view trials and persecutions? Because they're going to come, so we ought to look at it a different way. Right? So here it is. Let's just lay out, first of all, before we go into this, I want to talk about just the different types of trials that you and I may have. Number one is self-inflicted trials and problems. Everybody say, (laughs) self-inflicted. That means you did it to you right? Bad choices equal what? Bad results. Bad choices on a consistent basis equal consistent bad results. Now, just because you made a good choice out of the many, many, many negative ones, how come that didn't work? Well, you're going to have to create a habit of making good choices because when you make good choices, what happens? Good results. It's not complicated. I just want to keep it simple. Bad choices equal bad results. Good choices equal Good results. Okay, I want you to look at Proverbs chapter 1. Now that's, that's just so simple, so easy. Yeah, but we got to talk about it. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 1, and this is, this is vital scripture, but this is talking about, first and foremost, right here, uh, because you refuse to listen to the Word of God, you refuse to heed the Word of God, it brings problems to your life. So Proverbs 1, verse 20, it says, notice this, when you see the word wisdom, it's also, wisdom is the Word of God. So wisdom is the word of God. The word of God is shouting where? In the, in the streets. So what if you're driving on 32nd Street? Going on Ross. Highway 2. 2A. Highway 1. What, what, is, what is shouting? Wisdom. The word of God is not whispering. Shouting. Everybody say shouting. He's yelling. And then he says she cries out in the public square. So when you're going around on you know, farmer's market days, what's it doing? It's crying out. What's crying out? Wisdom. Verse 21. Click. She calls to the crowds along the main street, Those to those gathered in the front of the city gate. How long, you simpletons? This is what wisdom is shouting. How long, you simpletons, will you insist on being simple-minded? Anybody want to be simple-minded? <laughs> no, no, thank you. How long will you mockers relish in your mocking? How long will you fools, now notice these two words, hate knowledge. Click. Come and listen to my counsel. I'll share my heart with you and make you wise. What I love about the word of God is that you don't have to try to figure it all out. The word will make you get it. Did you hear that? You don't have to go sit down. Okay, I I gotta get this, I gotta get this. Let the word help you get it. This is what it is. I'll share my heart with you and I'll make you wise. A lot of people are trying to make themselves wise and the more wiser you get, the stupider you are. I've been there. Anybody else been there before? You try gaining all this, gaining all this. Well, if it's not the word ain't teaching you, you're ending up being simple-minded anyway. Verse 24. I called you so often, but you wouldn't come. So the invitation is always there, but they rejected the invitation. I reached out to you, but you paid no attention. Click. You ignored my advice and rejected the correction I offered. Verse 26. So I will laugh when you are in trouble. I will mock you when disaster overtakes you. When calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster engulfs you like a uh, cyclone, and anguish and distress overwhelm you, when they cry for help, I will not answer. Though they anxiously search for me, they will not find me. Why? For they have hated knowledge and they chose not to fear the Lord. Yeah. Now notice this, verse 30. They rejected my advice and paid no attention when I corrected them. Therefore, what does it say? Yeah. They must. Therefore, they must eat the bitter fruit of living their own way, choking on their own schemes. Oh, wow. This is the word. So who, who are these people? These are those that have flat out rejected the knowledge of God, rejected the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is the word of God. So they hear the word of God preached, it's presented to them. No, I don't want anything to do with that. So the result is you must eat the fruit of the choices that you've made. Now thank God for mercy. How many thankful for that? You can come back, so if you've rejected it, you can come right back into the picture and allow the Lord to teach you. But I want you to show it's not just like somebody's going through a rough time and go, why are all these bad things happen to me? Are you rejecting the wise counsel of what the word says? Because if so, it says that you have to eat the bitter fruit of living your own way, right? I I don't know about you, but I don't want that. When the word tells me something, my goal is to do what I just read. Anybody else have that goal, right? It's not just so that I can, you know, this is a good Christian thing. I better read my Bible. No, it's here to give you instruction. It's here to give you counsel. It's here to give you understanding. But if you reject it, this is the result. So again, what is it? It's more self-inflicted. It's an attitude problem. Well, I've heard that before. I don't want to do that. It's too difficult. It's too hard. I don't like this way. I don't like the way what that, how that's viewed out. You can't pick and choose what you're like if you choose not to. Go with the Word. This is the bitter fruit that you got to eat. Okay. I know that sounds harsh but that's just the truth in it. Not doing the Word gives the enemy access into your life because you are outside his covering and operating on your own self. Secondly then, regarding self-inflicted problems, 1 Peter chapter 2, and I, you can turn, I don't have that on the screen, but you can take it for your own notes. If you read all of 1 Peter You'll just see it. These are just Peter talking about self-inflicted problems. And in verse 2, verse 20, it says, of course, you get no credit for being patient if you are beaten for doing wrong. Then he says in chapter 4, verse 15, if you suffer, however, it must not be for murder, stealing, making trouble, or prying into other people's affairs. So for an example, you're speeding on the highway, a policeman pulls you over, get a ticket and go, oh man, the devil's really been after me. No, you, you, you sped. You got a heavy foot. You sped, right? Or you decide, you know, rob a bank or rob 7-Eleven. All of a sudden, you get caught. Man, the devil's just been after me. Can you see how stupid that is? Right? Man, what's going on with my My life is just a mess. No, it's the decision that you made, right? And you can kind of see this in Romans 13 as well, like talking about government officials. And it actually says there in the Bible, if you do wrong, you should be scared of the authorities. They will come after you and they will get you. So basically what he's saying is, do what's right. And Peter goes on to say, if you do what's right and suffer for doing right, God is well pleased in you, right? Because there is a persecution that Christians are to take, right? Paul said that if anyone choose to live a godly life, he will suffer persecutions in this life. No matter where you go, no matter who, if you're a born again believer, no matter where it is, you will experience tough times. It's going to come. But take heart because Jesus has overcome it. Okay. So that's the first one, self-inflicted problems. The second reason why trials come is because of the Word. This is the second reason why they come. is because you have the Word of God. So I want you to go to Mark chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. And again, Jesus is giving a very powerful illustration. The sower sows the Word, talking, everybody know this parable, right? A farmer went out to sow some seed, and some seed fell on the hard path, some seed fell on the rocky ground, some seed fell on thorns, and some seed fell on the good ground. Well, I'm going to just take you and give you the middle ground right here. This is the guy that, the seed that fell on the rocky soil. So, those that heard the word, look what happens. When they hear the message, what do they do? They immediately receive it with, woo, man, partay. This is good stuff. Anybody ever done that before? Man, that was good. I love it. Woo. Right? They're the most hyper people. Verse 17. Everybody say, but, but since they don't have. Deep, and this is why we're talking, you know, this, this fall we're going to go deep. Why? Because surface isn't working. Surface Christianity does not work. You can dress it up, you can color it, you can paint it however you want. Surface is not working for anyone. So he's saying because they don't have deep roots, notice, they don't last long. This is another one, you can tie in on Christian killers, is people just don't last long. They don't stick with it long enough. They don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are what? Persecuted. Why? For believing what? God's word. The devil doesn't give a rip about you. Why does all these bad things have to happen to me? It's not about you. Right? If it's not self-inflicted, if you're listening to the word, you're putting the word in you on a regular basis, the devil will come after you because you've received what? His word. His word. You got the word. And the word, I mean, I just love we were singing it. You know, uh, nothing can stop it. You're the God of the promise. Every word will be accomplished. That one. The word of God is the most powerful thing on planet earth. His word can change anything at any time. You can hear somebody that, you know, that's lost, doesn't know the Lord. You can talk to them about the love of God and the grace of our Lord Jesus on the cross, taking the sin, and it'll do something in his heart. The word that he heard will do something in his heart. It'll convict him, and he'll go, Jesus, I need you. And at that moment, he goes from darkness to light. You can hear the gospel concerning your health. You can hear about by his stripes you were healed. It can take you from sickness to health. You can hear the gospel concerning your finances, your joy, your people, whatever it is, and it could leave you be in this one dark area of you know no peace and just anger and rage all the time. So all of a sudden, living and enjoying life, the word does that. So the enemy is after the word. He'll do whatever he can to get the word from you. Why? Because it's the word that changes things. It's not how loud you pray. It's not just you. Shalabashaling. It's what did you hear from God? And what are you now taking and applying in your life? That will absolutely destroy him. The word destroyed Satan in hell. It took him right out. So we have the most powerful thing on the entire planet. It's the Word of God. And the Word of God is used for you and I to get it on the inside of us and to speak it out into circumstances and see things change. This is why it was given. It's yours. It's mine to use. So we got to use it. Now, the reason why it comes again is because of the Word's sake. Doing the Word and taking a stand for the Word, there will be persecutions coming. Why? Because the enemy, again, is after the Word. Okay. So what do I do when trials and these tribulations come? What do I do? This is one thing that I just, we just going to help me, just this phrase is flip the flow. We are so used to in our own mindsets that when I got problems, when I got persecutions, when I got troubles coming my way, man, it's just, it's hard. Things are going to just be so rough. And you can, you talk to people, how are you doing? I've just been going, it's rough, man. I don't understand why this is happening. I don't understand. There's a certain flow that we automatically go into that trials are hard temptations, persecutions, it's hard. Rough times is just hard and I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. And it gets all emotional. I want to encourage you to flip it. So rather than uh go, this is working for me. I'm going to use this now as an opportunity. Are you ready to talk a little bit about this? I want it to now be an opportunity for me. So number one, let's just talk about trials for a sec. Number one is trials are proof that Jesus is active in your life. First of all, so if you've never experienced any trials, you may want to check how you are living, because right here, trials are a proof that Jesus is actively at work in my life. Anybody gone through a trial? Yeah. You know, you can get excited about it just going, oh, Jesus is making an appearance. Jesus is making an appearance. Jesus is making an appearance. I get excited about it. And let me just prove you a couple of verses. First Peter chapter uh, four, verse 12. Before we go in, this is what Peter tells us. He says, beloved friends, if life gets extremely difficult with many tests, don't be bewildered as though something strange were overwhelming you. (laughs) So he's just saying, calm down. Just chill out, right? Get all that, you know, the snot crying tears. Just stop for a sec. And then he says, instead, continue to rejoice for you in a measure have shared the sufferings of the anointed one. You should count it worthy, man. I can be accounted as worthy as him that I'm kind of sharing the sufferings he did so that you can share in the revelation of his glory and celebrate with even greater gladness. Verse 14 says, if you are insulted because of the mighty name of Christ, you are what? Anybody ever try to, you know, you, know re- you reach out to somebody and they just start making fun of you? Like, yeah. I had a guy say, oh, look, here comes Jesus. What? Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. And then after you leave, they go, man, that guy was a loser. Yeah. Got in there. That's good. That's good. You are greatly, what? Blessed. They talk bad about you. Yeah. Got it, you are finally at the place where now the devil can make fun of you. That's what I want, because the spirit of glory and power, who is the spirit of God, rests upon you. I want him seen now again again, I'm not going out there to offend people on purpose. right? You can go out there and go, "Jesus loves you, loser," and just all of a sudden get all this this stuff coming at you. And you go, man, this guy's an idiot. The church is stupid. And you go, yeah, they, like, they just don't like what Jesus got. No, that's you and flesh. And I flat out, I don't like you either. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a difference on this. It's a genuine, right? It's a genuine reach, not just like you're going to be obnoxious. Anybody ever seen obnoxious Christians? Oh, Jesus. They are there and they are real. Thank God nobody here. But in other places, man, it's just wild. Uh, Because the Spirit of God rests upon you. Let none of you merit suffering as a murderer, a thief, or a criminal. This is what I just read. Or as one who meddles in the affairs of others. If you suffer for being a Christian, don't consider it a disgrace, but a privilege. If you suffer for being a Christian, just go, man, this is a privilege. I get to do this. I get to get hurt. Remember the book of Acts? After the disciples just got whipped and beaten? For preaching in Jesus' name? They said, we don't ever want you preaching again. It says that they were so excited. Man, they're bleeding. Right? Their backs are bruised. They're cut open. They're, you know, all this. They come out of there not going, oh God, why did this happen to me? They got excited about it. Why? Because they saw it as an opportunity to grow. Not only that, but first of all, they first noticed, Jesus is on me. He's working in me. It rests on me. He says, glorify God because you carry the anointed one's name. Not about you, but I'm thankful for that. When somebody wants to say something that goes against me, praise God. That means Jesus is doing something. I want that in my life. Anybody else? So first we you got to see it this way is that I want Jesus to be seen in my life. And I don't know if I have this on the screen, but I want to show you this. John 15, uh, verse 18, just for a quick sec. Jesus said this before going to the cross. If the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. Oh, thanks, guys. Verse 19. I'll read it from here, maybe, because I'm a good reader. If the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it, but you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world, so it hates you. It's not in the process of hating you. It hates you already. Click. Verse 20. It says, do you remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than a master since they persecuted me. Naturally, they will persecute you. And if they had listened to me, they would have listened to you. Verse 21. They will do all this to you because of me, for they have rejected the one who sent me. So here's the thing. If you look like the world, they'll love you. If you're embraced by the world, if all the world goes, man, yeah, that's, this is what we do, this is who you are, man, now, come on in, man, you like to party too? Man, Christians, you party too like a Christian? Oh, man, come on in. You smell like the world, you look like the world, you're in no place to influence and change them for, for Jesus. But on the other end, if you don't look like the world, they're going to hate you anyway. So you might as well get used to not being liked. I always thought everybody would like me. And if you don't like me, it's because you don't really know me. Right, Mom? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> My mama always said I was special. And so I'm just going along with her. She said, how could not anybody not like you? How could anybody not like this guy? He's friendly. He's nice. He's kind of crazy once in a while. He's a great guy. Right? Wife? Yeah, okay. (laughs) Just, yeah. (laughs) In the verse of every two or three witnesses, let every word be established. I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. I got it. So again, the first reason trials come is because there is something resting on you that's bigger than just you. It's Jesus being seen through you. And secondly, now trials are an opportunity for my endurance to grow. This is what I want you to focus on because we all need... Here's the thing. I I don't want us to belittle endurance because we talk so much. You hear faith. You hear even healing. You hear the blessing of God. You hear peace. You hear joy. You don't hear a whole lot about endurance because endurance doesn't really sound... Anybody enjoy endurance training? You know, oh, me sure. My uncle enjoys endurance training. I remember just even as a kid, you know, playing soccer and different things, every Saturday morning was endurance training. Man, I dreaded that weekend. Just 7.30 in the morning, we would head out to, you know, the Lindsay Thurber High School, Michener Hill. And that was endurance training. We'd be there for an hour and a half, and we would just run hills for a good hour. I hated endurance training. But come daytime, game time... We could outrun, we could stay with the game 90 minutes. What's 90 minutes? Let's keep going. It keeps it you going. The same way with believers. Why do people quit? No endurance. Because just because you prayed and believed God does not mean it's automatically there in sight. You're going to have to endure. And so that's why, how do I grow endurance? How am, how am I going to get more endurance? I can't run hills and all of a sudden be stronger in my faith. What can get me stronger in endurance? Trials. Why? I don't like heels. I don't like trials, but they do something for me. You can't, en- you can't endure any other way but through trials. You have to welcome the trials coming your way. Why? It's an opportunity for them to grow. This is the only way you get it. The Bible doesn't say that you get endurance by praying for it. Oh God, just give me endurance, I need endurance. No, here comes a trial, use it. Everybody say, use it. Man, I took those Saturdays more. I'm going to use it. I'm going to run those heels. I'm going to keep going up and down. Why? I'm using it to my advantage rather than going, this blows. All of a sudden going, bring it on. Let's do this thing. Whistle will go, up you go. It's an opportunity for us to use. So, James chapter 1. All right, we doing okay? Okay. James chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. Sorry, 2 through 4. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles, everybody say troubles. Of what kind? Of any kind. Come your way. What do you have to do? Okay, that word consider. What does that mean? Consider means you're going to have to have a new thought on it. Okay, I'm looking up this huge Michener hill. I could go, that's going to hurt me real bad. Or, I'm going to keep running this thing so that I can outroute my kids in 10 years. It's a total paradigm shift. Number one, first of all, I like trials because it shows that Jesus is resting upon me. Secondly, I'm going to now view this, I have to consider it an opportunity for what? Trials come your way, what should happen? Woo! Yeah! Bring it on! Rather than, again, this is your option. It's totally up to you. You get to choose that. Now notice this, I'll just show you what... In what, uh, what what happens when this goes on? Verse three. Now it says, "For you know." Now this is the, this is what I want to present. This is you have to know something. When the trial comes, is it fun? No. So you have to consider it fun. Well, why would I want to consider it fun? Why on earth would I want to look at this situation and go yay? Because what, for you know that when your faith is tested, what is being tested? Your faith. What is faith? Faith is your belief. What did God speak to you? It's the word that you heard. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What word did you hear that came into your heart and go, that's, that's mine. This belongs to me. I'm holding on to it. So what's being tested? The word That I just heard. Remember Mark chapter 4, 16 and 17. They heard the word, but they didn't last very long because when the trials and the hard times came on the words for the word's sake, they stumbled and fell away. They didn't last long. So what's what's being tested? What I heard. We say, what I heard. Well, you are believing God for your healing. Great. All of a sudden, what's going to come? An attack is going to come to try to take you off of that word. Hold on to what you heard. Your faith is being tested. God's not trying to take anything away from you. But listen, we are on this earth. Who's allowed to be here? The devil's allowed to be here. He's got free reign on this earth for a certain time yet. He's going to do whatever he possibly can to get you off the word that you just heard. So he said, when your faith is tested, now look at this, your endurance has a chance to grow. Now let me encourage you, give endurance a chance you gotta give it a chance. If you don't take the time to let that thing grow, you have no endurance. There's the thing. You actually will never see the promises of God in your life. Because I'll show you this in later on, but Hebrews chapter 6. Through faith and patience, you inherit the promises of God. It's not just faith alone. No, faith and patience. You need endurance. Verse 4. So this is James going on. Let it, let it grow. Come on, say it again. Let it grow. Let it grow. When a trial comes, man, the devil will stop sending them your way because you're all of a sudden letting it grow. For when your endurance is what? Fully developed, you will be perfect and complete. We always talk about I need, I need, I need. Listen, forget about all that. Let endurance grow. When endurance grows, you will want, need nothing. Isn't that awesome news? So how am I going to look at trials rather than, oh man, why do I have to go through another trial? I'm now going to consider it an opportunity for my endurance to grow. Because when endurance grows, guess what? I'll need nothing. Isn't that awesome? Man, that is good news. Okay, we have to let endurance grow. And here's the thing. It's tested because the devil, as I said, wants to get the word, what you've heard. That's okay. When you're being tested, it's okay. Everyone say, it's okay. You're not failing when all of a sudden something comes against you. Doubt tries coming near you. It's okay. It's okay. What do you do now with it? You've got to consider an opportunity to grow. Now, we'll talk here in a sec but about what do we do when these trials come. We don't want, sorry, let endurance grow. We don't want to downplay endurance because, again, when endurance is complete and perfect, you will need nothing. So here's the verse in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. Don't let the waiting time throw you off either. Oh, Don't let it... All of a sudden, you, you prayed a month ago. You prayed a year ago. How come I'm not seeing anything happen? Don't, that, that is none of your business. My job is to hold on to what He told me. Yeah. Believe, it. Believe it. Preach it, Mrs. O'Neill. Believe it. You hold on. In Hebrews 6, verse 12, it says, Don't allow... Now here's, read this. Just see this carefully. See see the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now. Don't allow your hearts to grow dull or lose your enthusiasm. What can do that? Time. Don't allow your hearts to grow dull. Well, one way my heart get dull? Is if I'm standing and I've been believing God for X amount of time and I'm not seeing anything happen. Why is this taking so long? The potential for your heart to get dull is very high when you get like that over time, over time, or lose your enthusiasm. So notice, what is key in my endurance? Making sure my heart's not getting dull and I'm staying excited. Because what is faith? Faith always is in this position of, man, God is for me, I believe God, this is what he told me. It's the same, consistent, every single day, day in and day out. Don't lose your enthusiasm. Don't lose your enthusiasm. Come on, say it with me, don't lose your enthusiasm. You know, there's a verse in Philippians chapter 1 that talks about uh, not allowing the enemy to actually see that he's winning. He just talks about, you know, you, you prove to the devil that you're actually winning by your attitude. So I'm going to keep my enthusiasm up. What if it's been a year? I'm going to keep my enthusiasm up. It's been a week. It's been two weeks. It's been a month. I'm going to stay the same. I'm excited because that word is just as powerful as it was yesterday as it is today. Remember, God doesn't live in time. Last week's Sunday was like he blinked from last week's Sunday to today. He had a blink, and that, that's all that happened. So for us, we think it was a long, cold, damp week. Ah, what's going on, God? And he just went, oh, oh, they're worshiping me again. It, it's, he doesn't live in the same time zone. We got to figure this out. We got to see this. You can't make, f- oh, anyways, don't lose your enthusiasm. But he says, but follow the example of those who fully received, fully received what God has promised because of their strong faith and what? Patient endurance. It's not just faith. I believe God, I believe God, I believe God. Well, I'll see you a week later. I believe God, I believe God. i see you a month later. <laughs> see you six months later. You're sitting in the back. Well, I don't know, this, is just, this doesn't make any sense. You know what's the problem? You have zero endurance. Yeah. It's, this is not a sprint. This is—we've heard this so much in the Christian life. It is a marathon. You have got to take your time. You are running with God, yeah. walking with Him. It's not just oh, I prayed and I believe God, and I'm, I'm got it now. Now comes the endurance part. Yeah. Anyways, that's fun <laughs> So I said, "A Christian killer's people don't stick with God what God said long enough." And uh, I want to just you know just talking a little bit about endurance training. Uh, I'm going to actually call up... Where's Marcel? Where's my... Come here, tough fam. This is my younger, supposedly stronger brother. <coughs> and uh, Eric, can I call on you too? You got, I, got, I got a brother's day today, so come up here, you guys. This is going to prove who actually is stronger in front of everybody. So this is going to be awkward. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, can you grab those? Those are really heavy. Can you grab them for us just a sec? Just talking a little bit about endurance. All right. <laughs> Eric runs. Okay, but you know, so even one of the things that, you know, we do a lot, you see at the gym, <laughs> these guys are thick, they're just you know, swollen. Uh, but at the gym, one of the things, you know, for me, I like endurance training. And so what does, what does that mean? That simply means is that you do lighter weight, but you do a ton more reps. If you want strength and power, which is basically what a lot of Christians look for, I just prayed and BAM, there it was. You put on a ton of weight and you do one or two reps, right? You just put on the 300 pounds and then BAM and put it up and that's it. Then you get off the thing and you're just, you've seen those guys, right? You've seen am a macho guy. And then you see, you know, you know, other guys that are, you know, they got four or five pound weights and one, two. Three. that's me. <laughs> Why? My, likes me. my wife likes me trim. What can I say? I got I to gotta keep it. And here's the other thing. I do not want a dad bod. Do you know dads? A dad body? Dad bod. You know what a dad bod is? Male breasts. No chance. Why? Because, anyways, I'm not going to get into that. But if we keep having more children, I don't want my kids to be latching on in any kind of way. It's not happening. So what do we do? Endurance training. Yeah, you may look kind of stupid, but hey, you see all these guys put on these other weights? The tendency for your ego to all of a sudden go, I I should put more on, is very high at the gym. So Eric and Marcel, I'm going to ask you guys, these are 30-pound weights, which is like peanuts to you guys, right? That's nothing. I'm going to get you guys one at a time. I'm going to get you to hold up. You can choose your your strongest arm, or you can do both. Should we do both? You're going to hold them straight out. We're going to do some shoulder training. You can't do that? Oh, sorry. Curling? What's it? all right what do, what do you want to do sorry oh he hurt my shoulder okay yeah drumming i got it okay why don't we do curls then okay so you guys each grab a 30 pound weight <laughs> okay so we're gonna all count together and we're gonna work on endurance training so basically we're, we're looking to see okay ready set oh we're, we're doing full curls all the way up twist your wrist ready go 1, 2, oh, just wait, 3, slow down, 4, 5, s- s- you guys got it, got it in sync, Th- together, 9, 10, 11, 12, slow down, slow down, 13, 14, 15, slow down, slow down, 60, come on Rick, come on, 17, Sold down, so down. 18. 19. Come on, son. 20. Come on. 21. Oh, come on. 22. 23. Come on, man. What's going on with you? Push it. Push it. Yeah. Oh. All right. Go. All right, got to prove yourself. Do you want to do five on there just to make, make everybody feel good? He's single and ready to mingle. I'll just say. <laughs> so while you guys are showing off, I'll talk to the rest of all y'all. Good job, Marcel. It's, it's delicious, man. You're, you've got good arms. No, you can stop. Yeah. Marcel beat his teacher in an arm wrestle, so that's really all that matters. But here's the thing. I mean, we, we know who won that competition. Eric. Eric, Eric won that one, okay. Now, why? <laughs> Besides the switching of arms. Don't forget all that. But why did he win? Endurance. Now, could Marcel, could he do that? Could he, could, could he keep up with Eric? Yeah, like, absolutely. That's, that's not a problem. But why could all of a sudden Eric keep going on after Marcel was struggling after a bit? Is endurance. He allowed the endurance to keep going on. So everybody is capable of doing it, right, Marcel? You're, you're not in, you're, you're good, you're good. Oh, okay. you, why don't you guys grab a seat? Take your 30-pound weights if you can lift them and bring them down. <laughs> yeah, right. Marcel just wanted me to remind everybody that he's five years older. Yeah. Eric is five years older than Marcel, so it's, it's, it's clear. Actually, Marcel makes me a bit nervous because if he's already taller than me, if he gets stronger than me, then I got nothing. So I'm... <laughs> that's why I got to keep going. I'm not really going for the dad, but I'm making sure that Marcel doesn't get bigger than I do. Uh, But the whole reason, what's the difference between the two? Endurance. That's what it is. You You can keep going. So there is no limit to how far you can go. You really, here's the reality, is you will only last as far as your endurance will go. Your faith will stand as long as you can endure. So your endurance is crucial to your faith life, to your walk with Jesus. No endurance, no expectation of seeing the power of God manifested in your life. That's it's the reality. And I'm talking about living a life with Jesus. Can we all see that? Yeah, yeah. Okay? I'm so glad I got strong brothers. All right. Now, I love that. But you can, like, here's the cool thing is you can train your muscles. Can anybody else keep up with Eric? Yeah, yeah. Terry, she says. <laughs> <laughs> Terry, come on up here. Let's, let's, see, let's, let's see this, Terry. <laughs> can you do that, you think? Or are you just being arrogant in the front? What, are, what is it? Which leads to a really good point, actually. If some people think that they're further along than they actually are. Preach <laughs> that. Write that down, Terry. That, that's, good. that's good stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man, I, I can do that. Then a trial comes. Oh, dear God, I can't, can't, can't do it. It actually is really... It, your endurance will prove where you're actually at. So trials aren't just coming against you, but also see this. It's a, it actually reveals where you're really at. If a trial comes and it takes you out, don't go, oh man, I'm nothing. No, just go, okay, I need to develop this. I need to grow in it. I need to take on the opportunity. Every time a tough times come, I'm going to use it now rather than just succumbing under the pressure. Cuz this is how the Christian life works is we have got to be strong. And the reason why it's faith and endurance is because the devil is not a patient being. He's got zero patience. Because, you know, love is patient and kind. The devil has zero love in him. Therefore, you can outlast him at any moment, any day, any day, any age. Amen. Okay. So thirdly, you need endurance. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 32 through 36 in the Passion Bible, I believe. It says, don't you remember, this is now the writer of Hebrews talking to the Hebrew church. And man, these guys went through some horrible days. And they got persecuted and... When you hear persecution, it's not Western culture persecution. Where they said a bad name at me and they don't like me on Facebook. It's more than that. These people, you'll, actually I think you read it here. Don't you remember though, those days right after the light shined in your hearts? You endured, they say endured, a great marathon season of what? Okay, this is not something you want in your diary. I endured a great marathon season. We talk about Netflix marathons. This is a marathon season of suffering hardships. Oh, I just, you know, Netflix and bitch for the past three days. These guys, marathon season on suffering hardships, but notice what they did? They stood their ground. Let me say it with me. Stand your ground. This is who we are because we can endure through anything. All the tough times. Money may be coming, and look short. Everything Something that looks crazy on the outside. Job may be kind of up and down. I endure because what he told me. I'm standing still. Why? Because what is he trying to do? Trying to get you to move, make a stupid decision, and then blame God that you come it didn't work. Stay still. Verse 33. And at times you were publicly and shamefully mistreated, being persecuted for your faith. Then at other times you stood side by side with those who preached the message of hope. Meaning you stood side by side with others that were hurting for the same belief system that you got. Verse 34. You sympathized with those in prison and when all of your belongings were confiscated, you accepted that violation with what? Joy. Joy. This is a proof of Christianity. Joy. What if hard times come? Joy. Count it all. Joy. All of a sudden they take your couch away. Woo. They take your car away. Woo. And again, I'm not saying because you didn't pay your bills. That, go get a job. If they took your car, they blew it up because you believe in Jesus? Joy. They took my tires off my car because I believe in Jesus. Woo! Praise God, I guess I get a run to work today. Look at this. Convinced that you possess a treasure. Now look at this. They were convinced that they had possessed a treasure growing in heaven that could never be taken away from them. Verse 35. He says, so don't lose your bold, courageous faith for you are destined for a great reward. Verse 36. Now notice this. Click. Oh, that's the epitome. That's as high as it goes and I'm about to lose everybody. Click. Okay, go to your Bibles. Verse 36. (laughs) See how much patient patient endurance is what? You need now. How many of you are standing believing God for something? This is what you don't need to be doing. Praying. Oh God, I need this. I need this. No, no, no. You keep standing on what He told you. This is what He said. I believe you, God. I believe it. So that you will continue to do God's will. Then, what? Notice that. Then Then you will what? Receive all that God has promised. We kind of think the moment that we pray, if it doesn't come within a microwave's time, something is wrong with God. It's not his fault. He's fine. His area is totally, completely taken care of. What does he need from us? Faith. Stay the course. What did he tell me? I hold on to that. What do I need with my faith and what he told me? Endurance. Meaning I'm not going to change. I'm not going to buckle. I'm not going to shift or you know, move all over. I'm going to stand still. Till when? Until it is seen. Yeah. Yeah. And then once it's seen, I can let go of it because I got it. Yeah. yeah! That's how we win. Okay. So what do I do when I face trials? Number one, first of all, is check to see. Check to see. Is it because of some bad choices I've been making? Or is it because I've received some word and the devil's after it? So first, make sure that, because if you're just making stupid decisions, well, expect tough times to come your way. But I'm a Christian. You can make tough choices. No, no, no. It's the same for everybody. If, if you make bad choices, bad stuff comes to you. So make, understand where this is coming from. Did I make a bad choice in this? Yeah, okay. Then I'm going to change it from there on. Lord, I repent of that. Forgive me. This is where I'm going to go now. Or is it simply because, man, I, this is what God told me now, though. He's after the word. All of a sudden, somebody starts talking behind your back. Other things coming this way. Is it because of that? then I know he's after the word. So once I finally figure that out, number two is I'm going to now go back to the word that God said to me. Go back to it. Now there's, you can see so much in, in Scripture that you can see how important that it is is that you go back to the last thing that you heard. Jesus, right after you know, John chapter 10, if you read through that and how the, you know, the Pharisees and all the people in that area wanted to kill him, then right after John chapter 10, that that happened there. John chapter 11, before Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, Jesus went back to the place where John baptized him, and he heard, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. He dwelled there for three days. Why did Jesus go back to that place? Because, man, after hearing all these people want to kill me, they were trying to stone me, and he escaped and walked out from among the crowd. He went back to the last thing he remembered God saying to him, this is who I am. I'm his son in whom he's well pleased with me. He, and he dwelled there for three days. It's important. So get back to the last thing. What has God spoken to you in your private time? Maybe somebody had a word for you. Maybe the Lord's just speaking to you in your own heart. Maybe something popped off the verse of the scripture. Hang on to that. Number three then. Now we've got to get God's perspective on a trial. How does God look at you're in my trial? You ready for it? <laughs> because I don't want to belittle any trials. But this is how God looks at it. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 17 and 18. Now, I have three amazing children, and, you know, some of them have... I, I enjoy the problems that they have now. Because I look at it and go, hmm. Like, for example, <laughs> you guys want to hear a funny one? <clears throat> um, my, my middle boy, Max, does not like chicken pot pie. <laughs> it is from the devil. <laughs> right? It's, it's a curse. And uh, so... <laughs> We had it, and so Max was sitting beside Jace, I think, and Lung. I think they were both on either side of him. And he at the table just lost it. Get away from me! You smell like chicken pot pie. <laughs> <laughs> and he lost it, so he went and sat outside, right? And then uh, I'm kind of getting mixed with two story. But then all of a sudden, you know, Max went out there, and uh, so he Max had his own little dinner yesterday. And then we had some leftover stuff as well yesterday. And so London ate that. And they're both sitting outside on the, our little, you know, seated area. London comes and sits up with him, just trying to, you know, start conversation. You know, goo goo all that stuff. And she said, London, go away from me! You smell like chicken paw pie! And off he ran across the deck and sat in the corner and would just start eating his dinner. In the corner. Why? It's a trial. <laughs> now, if I'm real honest, all the trials that I've been through and that I'm going through currently... God looks at it the same way that I look at chicken pot pie as you. Oh, oh yeah, it, it does kind of stink. Yeah, I, I get that. <laughs> so if you're ever inviting, you know, Max over for dinner, no chicken pot pie. He will run out of that house so fast, and I ain't going to stop him. You feel free, boy. I, I don't like the smell either. But let me read it to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 17 and 18. This is, what, this is how Paul, this is Paul writing this. Remember, this is the same guy that wrote, we are crushed, but we're not destroyed. We're perplexed, but we're not abandoned. But in Second Corinthians 4, 17, it says, for our present troubles are what? They're small. No matter how big you actually think it is, God looks at it and goes, they're small. And notice the next part, it won't last very long. <laughs> Yet they produce, everybody say They produce. What's producing? The present troubles that we're facing? They produce for us a glory. This is if you pass the test, meaning you stand the the test of time. They produce uh, for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So don't just think you're not only going to see the blessings of God in your life, but you're going to see it for eternity because it's going to last forever that you stood time no matter what came your way. Woo! Woo! This is what I think we need in the, uh, the North American church is we need to be endures. Because we live in a place of comfort where we know as the thermostat, right? Is everybody comfortable? We live in a place of comfort and live in Christianity. There's nothing in it that Jesus says, come join me and you'll be comfortable. There's nowhere in the Bible where you find comfort is one of the virtues that you get in Christianity. What are we called to do? Endure. Endure what? Hard times. That means uncomfortable, I don't want to be doing this, this does not right, this, this, this flat out stinks, I don't want it. Suck it up, princess, this is what we do. This is what, you, this is what you and I are part of. We're part of the enduring company. Won't last forever. Verse 18 says, so we don't look at the troubles we can see now, rather we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen, the promises he gave us. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will what? Last Forever. So what do we do? We get good at seeing things we can't see. (laughs) Isn't that fun? All right. So that's thirdly. So number one, again, is making sure, identifying where the trial's coming from. Number two is going back to the word God gave me. Number three is get God's perspective on the trial. Number four is encourage myself in the love of God. This is how you get deep in this, is you just bring up all the things that God's done for you. Learn to be thankful. Lord, I want to just thank you. Yeah, this is the trial going on. Remember, Lord, this is what you did for me last time. You took care of my needs and you're going to meet them again today. Lord, I thank you that this is what's going on in my family. Lord, you know all that. But I want to thank you. You've preserved us till this day. Here we are. Lord, I want to just thank you for that. Just to recall and remember how much God loves you. And that's what Romans chapter 8, near 31 through 39 talks about. Paul said, I'm persuaded that neither death nor persecutions nor problems could ever separate me from the love of God. Nothing is going to separate me. And then lastly, number five is learning how to respond to a trial. Your first response to a trial is usually how it 's going to end for you. When a tough time's come, what do you do? Oh God, it's usually going to end around the same way. Oh God, how do to get out of this? And here's the wonderful thing I 'm learning about trials is I don 't want to get out of it prematurely. Oh God, get me out of this trial. I want out of this thing right way. Well,, hold on, hold on. I want this thing to grow. I want to grow in the sense of, I want to grow my endurance. I don't want to get taken out prematurely. Right? I want this thing to be totally birthed properly. Right? Just like a mother giving birth to a child. You don't want a preemie. You want a full term, well, good nine pounder coming out. Or whatever full term would be. <laughs> I don't have to do it, so I'm just, you know, I'm just going. That was London last time. She was cooked, man. She came right out of 42 weeks. But the same thing, I don't want to get out early. So don't, don't try to escape it. When tough times come, don't try to escape it. Hang in there. Stay strong. And then at the same time, so how do I respond to a trial? James 1, 2 says, consider it joy. Job chapter 5, verse 22. Anybody know about Job? Job had a few problems, didn't he? Yeah, he had a few problems. But what was so wonderful about Job, you see his patience, that he stuck with it. And it actually says in Job chapter 5, verse 22, he says, at the sight of famine and violence, I... Will mister Hub knows that I will laugh. What did he do when tough times came? Ha 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 Bring it on. He started just to laugh. It didn't turn into a cry either. <laughs> it was a straight bring it on, devil. Bring it. Paul had the same attitude in 2 Corinthians chapter twelve. He said, You oh, know there's the, the thorn in the flesh that came to him, a messenger from Satan came to buffet him. Remember that? He said, I besought the Lord three times. And the Lord said, My grace is sufficient for you. Then Paul turned around and said, Oh, yeah. When I'm weak, then what? I'm strong. I'm strong. I don't go down. Why? Because I have the word on it. He's not going to let me down. So this morning, I'm done. Don't worry, I'm done. I want to just take a moment. If you're dealing through some things, if there's some trials that you've been going through, we need to flip the flow. Rather than going, Man, I... things just seem so hard. Man, this is the best time for you to throw up your hands and start rejoicing and praising God because His Word is true. This is what we celebrate. This is who we are. We're people of praise. We're people of, man, give all the glory to God even in the midst of hard times. You actually see it in Psalm 22. How did Jesus defeat hell? He did it with praise. Read Psalm 22. That's an account of Jesus on the cross. That's word for word what He said when He hung on the cross. And He said, in the midst of the congregation, I'm going to praise you. While he's in hell, while he's being tortured and beaten, not just physically, I'm talking about in hell itself, what did he start doing? He started lifting up his voice. God, I praise you. You are good, and you only do good. You know what happens? It changes the flow. Rather than this grumbling, griping that's not working, going on the other side, man, what's happening? Strength is being added to you. Woo, I can do it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on, let's all stand up together. This is who we are. So anybody going through something this, this past week? You're facing some things right now. Man, some t- t- testing, some trials, persecutions, hard things may be coming your way. Maybe things on the natural don't look too good for you right now. What do I do? Flip the flow. What am I going to do? This is working for me. Endurance has a chance to grow. Can we just for a moment just lift our hands and let's just start praising. Hey, thanks for listening. If you live in the central Alberta region of Canada, we'd love to have you come out and check out one of our weekend messages. For more info on all of our directions, service times, and children's programs, visit our website at impactlife.ca. That's impactlife.ca.